Welcome to the Beacon broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com, beaconbaptist.com. The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Today we begin our study of 1 Thessalonians. We have completed our study of 2 Corinthians, and so now we will move to another book. And I have decided to make a journey through the 1 Thessalonian epistle, much shorter than 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians containing 13 chapters, 1 Thessalonians containing only 5 chapters. But there's an awful lot in this book, and it will be very helpful for those of us who examine it carefully and apply it to our lives. And so we're going to start by a little bit of background to help understand a little bit about Thessalonia and the church at Thessalonica and how it came into being and what was the significance of it and all that sort of thing. So... I begin, however, by reading the opening verse of this epistle. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, first of all, we need to consider the location of this city called Thessalonica. It is located in Macedonia, northern Greece. That's a province in the first century, a Roman province called Macedonia. And it was on the east coast of Macedonia, northern Greece, located on the Aegean Sea as a port city. It is approximately 100 miles south of Philippi, the first city, that Paul visited when he crossed over from Asia into Europe at the beckoning of a Thessalonian person who Paul saw in a vision beckoning to him and saying, come over and help us. And he did. But he didn't stay in in Philippi because he was driven out. Persecution drove him out. And so he ended up ministering in a couple of other cities in Macedonia, and then moving down into the southern part of Greece to the province called Achaia. So we'll take that up after I welcome you to this Thursday, January 25 edition of the Beacon Broadcast, and remind you that we are in need of financial support, and perhaps the Lord would have you join those who help us in this way. Well, back to Thessalonica. And by the way, Thessalonica is still in existence today. I have been to Greece. It's been quite a while ago, and I I did not get to Thessalonica. It has a shorter name now. I I can remember seeing the 
the road signs pointing in that direction with the name of the city on it. And I'm trying to remember exactly what it was called. It, it's pronounced different. It's something like Saloniki or something of that nature. But nevertheless, it's the same city 2,000 years later on the east coast of the Aegean Sea with an excellent harbor. In fact, Thessalonica, I'm told, was one of the three main port cities on the Aegean Sea. And what were the other two? Ephesus and Corinth. Now, we've just spent quite a bit of time studying Paul's epistle to the Corinthians, and Corinth was a seaport city in a rather strategic location down in the south, in Achaia, and really, um, I won't get into that now, but Corinth actually was uh, able to to have traffic on both 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 seas on either side of the Greek peninsula. But then there was Ephesus, and that, of course, is the city in Asia Minor, on the other side of the Aegean Sea. So we're talking about the whole Aegean Sea, whether we're talking about the Asia Minor side or whether we're talking about the uh, Greek side, the Macedonian side, or the Achaia side, the three main ports are Ephesus, Corinth, and Thessalonica. Now, we'll just keep that thought in mind because we're going to get to something else that will show you the, the significance of that. But back to Thessalonica. It was also located on one of the major Roman roads of that day, the Ignatian Way that went from Rome traveling east. So you can see the strategic location for this city. It had access to one of the best ports in that part of the world. It was on one of the main highways in that part of the world. In other words, this is a major city in a strategic location. I am told, and again, I have to get this information from others, and so I gather the information and assume that it is correct, but I'm told that in the first century, the population of Thessalonica was 200,000. That doesn't sound particularly large to us today, though a city of 200,000 even today in America is a large city. There are many that are much larger, but in that day, this city of Thessalonica was the largest city in Macedonia. And what is Macedonia? The northern province on the Greek peninsula. So it was bigger than Philippi, bigger than any other city in that province. It was a major city, a major metropolitan area. And the ethnic makeup of the city was majority Greeks. You wouldn't expect much different from that on the Greek peninsula in the today if you go there it's this it's the country of Greece where you would find this city but it had a blend of other ethnic people other people from other ethnic backgrounds such as Romans Romans of course were from Italy Rome but some of them migrated to Thessalonica and lived there and it had a Jewish population as well. Jews were scattered all over the Roman Empire, and there were Jews in Thessalonica. And it was a wealthy city, 
having become that way through commerce, through trade, as you would expect with that strategic location. Ships coming into the harbor and goods being transported by the Ignatian Way across the Roman road. And so it was a wealthy city by means of the trade that took place there. And it became the capital of Macedonia. I don't think it was in the day when Paul ministered there and established the church and wrote this epistle, but it became that. But like nearly every city that Paul preached in on his on his missionary journeys and out in the Gentile world, it was a city given over to idolatry. And therefore, the people were involved in typical pagan immorality. All of these idols of the Greeks and the Romans, but all of the idols, had some form of sanctioned sexual immorality involved in the very worship which they carried out, which was one of the attractions of it. Unsaved people who have a strong desire for for uh, sexual activity, no regard for biblical morality, not even familiar with the Bible, love to practice a religion that not only allows them to give vent to their sexual passions, but also endorses it and includes it in the very rituals of the religion with temple prostitutes and so forth. So, this is the kind of city Paul came to, prosperous and licentious, but significant city in the Roman Empire. Now, the question is, why Thessalonica? Why did Paul decide to travel to Thessalonica and preach the gospel there and endeavor to establish a church, which he did? By the power of the Holy Spirit working within him, he was successful in planting a church there, and he's writing this epistle, this and the second one, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, to the church that was established in this major city of Thessalonica. So, why did Paul go to Thessalonica? Well, of course, the first answer to that question is he had to go somewhere after he was driven out of Philippi. That's not a very satisfying answer, but it's the first part of the answer. In other words, Paul very well may have settled down in Philippi for an extended time, like he did in Corinth for 18 months, like he did in Ephesus for three years. But in Philippi, he didn't have that opportunity. After a few weeks, two or three short months, I would suppose, of ministering in that city, he was driven out, remember? He cast a demon out of a slave girl that brought much money to her masters because of her ability to tell fortunes by virtue of the demon that possessed her. And when the demon was cast out, she lost that ability, and those who were making money from her were furious and dragged Paul and Silas before the magistrates and had them thrown into jail. And that, of course, is the story of the night that they spent in the Philippian jail, jail and the conversion of the Philippian jailer, 
who cried out in the middle of the night, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said that famous statement, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Well, Paul was driven out of Philippi, so where would he go? Well, he went to Thessalonica, 100 miles south of Philippi, because, and here's where we tie it into what I said earlier, Paul had a strategy, and it was to target major cities. This was his way of strategizing for the spread of the gospel all over the Roman Empire. Paul seldom preached the gospel in small towns, small villages, rural areas, but he always traveled to the population centers, and particularly those where there was a lot of traffic, people coming and going, knowing that those who heard and received the gospel in that city, number one, if they were there temporarily traveling there for business, they would return to another location and take the gospel with them, and thus the gospel would spread. And number two, when churches were established in a place like this, it would be a permanent testimony as people continued to come and go and could hear the gospel in that city and furthermore, the people in that city could spread out to surrounding areas and establish churches in the smaller towns. And we see examples of that, particularly in Asia Minor. And so this was Paul's strategy to focus upon major cities and expect the churches that were established there to reach out in their surrounding area. And then he would move on to another major city and do that again. And that was his plan. And we'll talk more about it on the broadcast tomorrow. Please join me then. Until then, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace. Amen.